What is going on, everybody? We are back for season two, episode 12 of the Most Prevailing Stories podcast. Welcome to 2024. It's crazy. We're only in our second season of the podcast, but our first episode dropped in 2022. So we're officially in our third calendar year. We started this podcast with student back to school interviews over at Foreign High, and now 36 episodes later, we return for our second New Year's special. If you remember from last year, we counted down our top five podcast moments from 2022 to ring in the new year. I thought it would be a fun idea, but we'd only started in September of 2022, so there wasn't that much to use in terms of podcast content. This year, we're back with a full 12 months under our belt. I really look forward to making this a tradition because it's important to not only look back at the memories we've made as a community, but also appreciate the hard work that has been put in from the students, faculty, and staff around the district. We've got a great episode today, so sit back and enjoy our first podcast of 2024 for our most prevailing stories to date. Coming in at number five, we have a tie with one of them actually being last year's New Year's special, which obviously I won't play any audio from. It'd be better to just go back and give it a listen if you really want to shuffle through the archives. But also in our five spot is the interview with our SRO over at East Shore Middle School, Officer Steve Lashivo from Season 1, Episode 13. This episode was in honor of SRO Appreciation Day. I remember when arriving, Steve was definitely more than happy to talk about his job, and it was all the more interesting to really dive deeper into that realm. Our Director of School Safety and Security, Jeff Nielsen, also joined for an interview that day. Let's take a listen. I think the most important thing about this job is relationship building. And that's not only with the administration, staff, the faculty, but it's with the students, it's with their families. Um, Understanding that dynamic of where a child's coming from, where they want to go, having an idea of what they want out of life um, is really important. So, um, you know, I'll have students come to me, you know, we'll talk whether there's a school-based issue, a home-based issue, things like that, building rapport and building that relationship gives them a sense of uh, a comfortability um, and it goes two ways. So, you know, I am comfortable with knowing who the student is, how they are, how their home life is, how they are here, and then in turn they can see that I actually care, which I do. Um, I really value every child that's in this building and being a dad myself, um, it actually makes the job a lot easier. Uh, I view all the kids in this building as my own because my job here is to protect each and every one of them. Um, but the relationship building is vitally important. Our SRO program has been in existence for over 10 years. Uh, we um, pride ourselves on, on the partnership that we have with the Milford Police Department. And to be honest with you, I think they serve as a, a, a role model for other school resource officer programs, not only in Connecticut, but ac- across the country. They uh, started off with four school resource officers, uh, two at the high school level and then two split up the middle schools and the academy. Uh, we've evolved to five school resource officers now, and we have substitute school resource officers that also uh, work with our buildings during our absences. Um, the important thing, I think this, this program, they've evolved so much, they're really embedded in the school climate. Uh, they are partners with our teachers, our school administrators, uh, our parents, uh, but most importantly, our students. And I can give you a great example. I, I'm retired from the police department here in Milford. I retired in 2015. But I remember working um, private duty details at the Connecticut Post Mall or at carnivals and things like that and working with some of the school resource officers. And it was a really great feeling to see 
kids come up to them who are older that are in college or in their young adult years and saying, hey, SRO Mills or hey, SRO DeMonte, I remember you. And it, it's a very positive experience. And it just, it's something that stayed with me, you know, to this day, just kind of seeing that interaction years later. The SRO episode was definitely fun to work on, gathering multiple interviews, talking to multiple people. I'd love to do something similar this year as well, if I can. All right, coming in at number four, we have an interview with our very own superintendent, Dr. Ana Kutaya, to talk about the budget for the school year we're currently in. This was our 10th episode of season one. One of the things we talk about here in this district is how we can be as transparent as possible, and we made sure to share as much information as we could every step of the way so people would have a better understanding of how the budget works and what we could expect. I want to thank Dr. Kutai again for taking the time to do these interviews because budget season is very busy, but again, transparency is and always will be the most important thing to us in how we communicate. Let's hear more from that day. I'm here with Dr. Anna Kutaya. Anna, now that your proposed budget has been approved, can you tell us what opportunities this budget will allow? Well, this budget will certainly allow us to build upon the great foundation we have of programming and initiatives for our young people and the support we have for staff members. But um, an extension of that would include um, the World Language Program at the elementary school. We'll be able to finally round that out and next year offer preschool through fifth grade Spanish, uh, one of the very few school districts in the state that have that can offer world language at the elementary level. We also will be expanding our certified nursing assistant program. There's a high demand at the high school, so we'll be adding sections of that. We'll be looking at science-based experiences for elementary kids. We have a middle school a math program that is being piloted this year. We're making a decision, and there will be some new elements to middle school math next year. We'll have replacements of robots and instruments. We'll be purchasing potter, pottery wheels. And, of course, always uh, reinvesting in our safety and security infrastructures and upgrading cameras and some other systems that we need to continue to keep our schools safe. So those are the big highlights of the 23-24 budget. At number three, we have a fun story here with audio from Pumpkin Delight, and our listeners liked it enough to make it a top three episode for the year. When you talk about student success and sharing the work you're proud of, this one hits all the right notes. Two of our middle school students went back to PDS to discuss the book they wrote and were able to get published. Once upon a time, I remember being that age, writing random comics with my friends and doodling in my notebook. It was really cool to see some of our students take it a step further and complete a passion project worth sharing with a whole group of younger students. This was our 11th episode of season one. It could really be a great source of inspiration for students around Milford to be creative and think outside the box, which, of course, is why we always look for stuff like this. Time for another trip down memory lane. Let's listen. So this is our book, um, The War of Monkeys and Balloons. So we got the idea... Um, uh, just from a video game. It's about, um, it's a tower defense game, and it's just you play sound monkeys and you fight balloons. And we were like, well, why don't we make a story about this? And that's what we did. The story is about um, Daniel, and he's just regular kid, and he just gets called to um, a facility, and then he um, gets to fight against the balloons. Yeah, um, it probably took us probably a whole school year to write the book, I would say, about 
Um, and then it got published over the summer, thanks to Bailey's dad, it got published. So um, we did it, we did the format kind of like an I Survive book, which most of you have probably read. The, be the first chapter was from like the middle of the battle, and then the second chapter started from the beginning and led up to the battle. But we switched it between a monkey point of view and a balloon point of view. We both wrote some of each. It was kind of just whoever had ideas wrote stuff down. And then the other read it and made any changes that they wanted. Yeah, adding on to that, we went back and forth throughout the year. Um, sometimes during ASA, we'd write both at the same time. In the morning, whenever we'd had time, it's just whenever there was free time, we'd write. And like she said, it would just continue off of each part. At number two, marinate in silence real quick for a second here. We have some great stuff from season two, episode four. We held two community conversations this year, and I did a podcast all about it. This was a successful event over at both of our high schools with guiding questions revolving around what our students are looking for in a classroom environment and with their learning experience, while also focusing on the future work world and what employers are looking for. We had a whole row of students and employers as panelists to answer questions for our guests in attendance who were also able to contribute with the reflection as well. Here's more. I'm here with Superintendent Dr. Anna Kutaya. Anna, can you tell us what your vision was for this Think Big, Dream Big community conversation? Yeah, hey Kim, hi everybody. Uh, well, we had this great idea to bring together community members um, from all areas of Milford, whether you have children in the system or not, current staff members, students, and ask the questions, so what do we want for our schools in the future? And what does that mean for our greater community, the city of Milford? And not only can did we ask our community, but we actually front-loaded it with some input from, guess who, our very own students and some great business leaders who are today in the field, the work world, um, imagining, planning for the future. And so we actually started with those two panels and we asked business leaders and kids like, hey, what does the work world look like? What does school look like? How's it going for you? What do you need from the school system to better prepare employees? So based on that input, which was pretty incredible, uh, we, we, it was a f confirmed for us that we're doing a good job, but the future is changing just as we speak. So we have to revisit how and what we do things in our schools. And the best place to start is to ask our students, our staff members, and the greater community of, so where is the future going and what do we want of Milford Public Schools? So that was the thinking behind Think Big, Dream Big. And at number one. We have not just a budget episode, but the budget episode. This was our most listened to episode of 2023 by far as 1,500 of you tuned in for the most anticipated drop of the year. I really want to give my two cents here because last year was my first year in the district completely and I had to learn literally everything about how the budget works with zero background knowledge. I wanted to explain this topic in a way that would be easier to understand, just like I was able to learn. For myself personally, of course, I also had plenty of questions because these processes can most definitely get confusing for anyone. I want to give a shout out to Kathy Bonetti. She is the one who got me up to speed and taught me everything I needed to know. I would have truly been lost without her on this. I think we not only accomplished our goal of being transparent 
informative, and not too confusing with how we present this information, but I believe we shattered that goal. It felt good to put out this episode because we wanted to keep as many people in the loop as possible by doing so. Budget season for 2024 will be here before we know it, and we already have new ideas in an effort to be even more transparent. This was actually a two-part episode for episode 18 of season one, as part one came out on a Monday, and part two released the Friday that same week. It's a timeless listen if you're curious about how our budget process works. Without further ado, let's flash back to our top moment of 2023. Last week, the Board of Finance made the recommendation to reduce our budget proposal by $1.8 million. The Board of Ed and Milford Public Schools held meetings this past Monday and Wednesday to display to the public what a cut of this magnitude would look like. Diving into the numbers a little bit, the Milford Public Schools proposed a $4.4 million budget, which would be a 4.392% increase over last year. The Board of Finance, however, recommended a $2.63 million budget, which would only be a 2.58% increase. This is a $1.8 million reduction from what we proposed. Now that the Board of Finance has finished their work, the budget review continues with the Board of Aldermen. If the Board of Aldermen supports the Board of Finance's $1.8 million reduction, it goes back to the Board of Ed to determine what to cut. The budget meeting hearing schedule has been released by the Board of Aldermen. Public hearing and comment on the city's proposed budget, including the Board of Ed budget, is Monday, April 17th. The Board of Ed will present its budget to the Board of Aldermen on Tuesday, April 25th. You can see the entire schedule of department presentations and meeting dates on the Milford City website. We have all the budget resources available at milforded.org. It's the first button at the top of the site's main page titled Budget 2324 Central. Here you can find budget page agendas, slide presentations, and also meeting recordings with a link to the city website also attached as well. Today we have Dr. Anna Kutai on the podcast to give us her thoughts on the budget for the 2023-24 school year. Anna, take it away. Thanks, Cam. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about the Board of Education budget that went before the Board of Finance, where we sustained a $1.8 million reduction from the request. Um, So what that does for us, I think, is the big question we should be asking ourselves. Um, Our budget is lean and mean. Uh, We take seriously the perspective of zero-based budgeting. Every fall, we roll back to zero, and we build up from there uh, with documentation and data to support our requests. Uh, We felt like we moved forward a budget to the city that was responsible Uh, sensitive to the economic needs of our community while at the same time uh, meeting the needs of our young people. And in fact, throughout the process, I said a no a lot of times to requests for system improvements. So in essence, what the um, 2.58% increase that the Board of Finance did approve, uh, while uh, it is a $2.6 million increase, does not even meet the salary increases of 3.5 million, which is based on contractual obligations and other contracts that we have to meet the requirements of. So what does that mean? That means significant reductions uh, in programming and services to young people. We have had two uh, big meetings this week uh, with the Board of Education and thanks to all the public for coming out and sharing their thinking on it. Um, And we are seriously thinking about Uh, What does this mean for our school district? And the result of that is the possibility, no decisions have been made, the possibility of having to close a school um, or in a very devastating fashion, obliterate some programming we spent years building. 
Um, that would, both options are not good. And so we are faced uh, in the coming month to talk about and consider how we will be meeting the $1.8 million reduction to our budget. That's all we have for today's episode. We want to send well wishes to everyone in 2024 and thank everyone for a great 2023. Tune in next week for our most prevailing stories to date.